You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hey, I'm Molly Stewart, and you're listening to Holly Randall Unfiltered, sponsored by Twisties. Twisties is a leading glamour porn site for exclusively lesbian and girl-girl content. Since starting my journey with Twisties, I have shot some incredible scenes with some of the best girls, making some truly amazing fantasies come to life. For 18 years, they have featured the biggest names in the industry recently rebranding to exclusively female content. Twisties stays focused on raising the bar of what modern porn looks like, while highlighting the up-and-coming talent of our generation. Their Treats of the Month and now Treat of the Year give viewers a taste of what their favorite girls are like under the wrapper. My journey since being their Treat of the Month in January of 2018 has been incredible, and I can't wait to see what they have in store for the future. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com and find them on Twitter at Twisties and Instagram at Twisties Treats. Hi, I'm Holly Randall. And welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry. And as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, I have the beautiful, the very magical Jules Blue (laughs) in the studio. Jules, how are you? I'm doing wonderful today. Super excited. You look very blue today, which I would expect nothing less. (laughs) Do you own anything in your closet that's not blue? I do. You do? I do. My colors and my closet range, obviously blue, black, I like earth tones, and I think that's because I'm a Virgo. So, like, mm. browns and neutrals, whites. The only color that I really don't have a lot of, I think, is red. Mm. Interesting. It's yeah, just, red probably clashes with, I don't like, know. the whole blue look, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. It's just, like, it's just not my color. Like, it looks great on other people, but I just don't vibe with it. I don't know. <laughs> well, if there's anybody who knows what their color is, it would be you. <laughs> Sometimes I I just wear all blue and I don't even think about it. It just like, it just happens. You know what's funny? (laughs) Okay. So there's kind of like a big joke between me and like, so I have, I have some people that work for me who used to work for my mom because you know, my mom was a Mm -hmm. business before I was. My mom loves blue, like China blue specifically. If you look back at her old shoots from like the eighties and the (laughs) nineties, there's always like blue, like silk bedding and stuff like that. So she wears a lot of blue too, but she just like throws on mismatched blue and it like does not go well at all. She doesn't coordinate blue in the way that, that you do. And the other day she was wearing like all blue and I just looked at her and I was like, I feel like Jules needs to come and like, reinvent my mom's closet. I could help her with some blue coordination and shades. 
yeah, she's very, she's very into that color. So how did you like, how did your fascination with blue come up? Like when did it start? Oh, wow. So I dyed my hair blue in the summer of 2016. And prior to that, I had been like a bright pink magenta. I don't know. I just kind of like really was experimenting with the colored hair look. I had purple hair before. I had purple, pink, and blue mixed together. And then I just like wanted blue one day. (laughs) And the rest is history. I don't know. Then I just really became into like... Uh, what is it called? Like monotone outfits, just like wearing all of one color. Monochromatic. Yeah, monochromatic. That's it. Yeah, monochromatic. And just like really felt that blue was the color of my aura. And here we are today. How many years later? Like five. (laughs) So yeah, I've heard this whole thing about auras having different colors. Does that like mean anything in terms of what your aura is like is is the blue the shade of a certain emotion or vibe or something like that well when i think of the color blue i think calm cool collected think mysterious i think electric just has many different vibes with the different shades do you think like you encompass all of those things i feel like i do to an extent yeah <laughs> Well, being a Virgo, because um, I'm a Virgo too, yes. and I actually don't know anything about astrology. Um, I only know about my sign. Same. <laughs> and I do know that we're supposed to be pretty, like, steady, like, mellow, right? Like, collected. I know that we're organized. We're very organized. Yes. I make lists. I have I love lists. lists. I love lists. lists. Are my favorite. Oh my gosh, I love lists. <laughs> I have you a list get too. <laughs> I've I have one on my phone. Our Look lists also Look at us. like at our, our lists. <laughs> Our lists also here's the list. They they also have some of the similar things on the list yeah. too, which I really like. I we should make a list of the two lists that we made together. So like a list of like the things that were on both of our lists. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Virgos we get a bad rep. People always say that we're like very critical of others, but I feel like I'm more critical of myself than anything. And but I like stay like cool and calm and like amongst it all you know what (laughs) so there's some truth to that but I've I've done like a lot of like deep emotional diving over my years and a lot of therapy and stuff and I am critical of others but when I sit back and I really look at like why I'm being critical or why those thoughts are popping up in my head it always has to do with myself and how I see myself so I find that I'm more critical of people that I think are displaying tendencies that I know that I have that I don't like So essentially, like, if there's someone that I don't really like, then it means that there's something in them that is in me that I dislike. So it's more about me. Like a projection. Exactly. Or it could also, I don't know, be that maybe you hold yourself to a really high standard and you feel like someone else also has that standard attainable, but they're not holding themselves to it. So you're like, why? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Do you find that you're hard on yourself? I am very hard on myself and to an extent, like, you know, in some ways I'm a little critical of others, but not in the like, oh, you know, like not in like a, in a down looking way, but definitely very hard on myself. Cause I just want to be the best, yeah. <laughs> the best of me. <laughs> what do you find that you're the hardest on yourself about? Like, what are the things that you criticize yourself about the most? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't no, tell you no, that this is going to turn into a therapy lesson. <laughs> it's okay. I kind of needed it, I guess. Um, 
I don't know. I think one of the things I'm really critical with myself about is like my journey in this industry. I feel like, I don't know. I want to be progressing faster than I am and not saying that I'm not progressing, but I just have to like learn to be patient, like, you know, in due time, like these things will come. And I also have a habit of just like having like very big, like aspirations and goals. And I kind of stress myself out in the process of like, you know, obtaining these goals and these things I desire. And sometimes I have to, to like, I don't know, remind myself, I need to chill out because like things are happening and they're happening the way they are for a reason. And I don't know, don't be, don't be a bitch <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that really difficult double-edged sword that I think a lot of perfectionists like you and I find ourselves struggling with because on one hand, it's like that perfectionist side of you is what drives you to be so good at what you do. I mean, we've only worked together a couple of times, but I can say like, you're amazing to work with. You're like incredibly organized. You come with everything. You come with options. You're like super prepared. You like really want to be there. You're 100% got into be it for everything. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Oh my God. I'm the same way. That's why I have so much shit in my van. When I like, I show up to shoots. I'm like, I, anything you need, nail glue. I fucking have it zip ties. I have it like I have everything because I hate being without. But so, so it's like that, that personality trait, which makes you so good at your job. Right. But then it's also, I think that personality trait that makes you feel like it's never good enough. Oh yeah. Right. So it's like you, you, you push yourself and you achieve these things that you wanted, but once you get there, you're like, this isn't good enough. I need to go next level. Do you find yourself doing that? I, I, I'm always like, what's next? It makes me think of sometimes I'll like send out like a scene that I like have made for my only fans. And like, while it sends out, I'm just kind of, sometimes I'll be like sitting like on my couch, like, what if they like it? What if they hate it? What if they like it? What if they hate it? Are they going to hate it? Are they going to like it? Oh my God. Should I unsend it? And I'm like freaking out. And then I'm like, I don't know what to do. But then, you know, everybody loves it. And I'm just like, oh, why did I do that? I don't know. Or like, did I edit that part out? Right. Or (laughs) yeah, I got, I feel you so hard on all of these things. It's really tough, but it's why we're so good at what we do. You know, sometimes you just gotta like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that when I'm sitting at my computer, just oh, everything's chill. And then look at my list again. <laughs> <laughs> All you gotta do is make a list. It'll make you calm. Yeah. Number one on the list should be like, take a deep breath. Yeah. I also, I also have like my planner right here and then my computer. And then if I'm feeling really stressed, I will actually make a list of like affirmations, you know, things that I'm grateful for. And I have like little mantras. I will say like sometimes even when I'm in the shower, just to kind of keep me centered and keep me on track. Cause so, you even <laughs> organized and like trying to protect your mental health. Yes. I really love that. <laughs> I got it. I know exactly what you mean too. I'll have to like put in the schedule to like take a day off. If that's, if it's not in my schedule, it's so hard for me to relax. Oh, I, I it's don't, just... when I have an unplanned day off, I'm just like, feel like I should be working, but then my body's telling me, no, you need to rest because you're going to really like it. And I try to like really savor my rest days. I've like learned to enjoy rest time because I don't know, you need it because you're going to drive yourself crazy and then burn out because I've like kind of gotten close to like, you know, being burnt out from last year, just like going hard, creating all the time. Right. So now I'm like, you mellow out. You don't need to be doing too much all the time. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Like, what are some of the things that you do to take care of your mental health when you're feeling overwhelmed? So I like to just be a couch potato sometimes. 
I think that's like good for my mental health because I'm a go, go, go person. I'm always like going somewhere, doing something. So I like on my rest days, normally it's Sunday. I just like to sit on my couch, catch up on my animes and my shows, cuddle with my cats, eat my favorite food and normally just like, I don't know, indulge myself a bit and like the things I like, like good food, just chilling. I don't know. Um, not wearing any makeup also really like my no makeup days, (laughs) um, go on a walk, get some fresh air, touch some grass, see the sky. Yeah. These are all important things. And I think sometimes as a society, (laughs) we're really not good to ourselves in terms of the way that we push ourselves to work all the time. And, you know, we're constantly rewarded by, you know, you see on social media. That hustle culture. Hustle culture. Exactly. It's addicting. It really Mm -hmm. is. And like coming from a a Virgo workaholic perfectionist, I can definitely attest to that. Also like allowing myself to like have like fun or like, you know, playtime. And I like, you know, my fun and playtime is like going to a rave or hanging out with my friends and things like that. Just like letting myself like kind of do something like I think of it as like a cathartic release, releasing all this energy and just like, I don't know, dancing. I don't know. It's very healing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, these are, these are all good things. Um, so tell us a little bit about like some of the things that you like to do outside of work. Cause you kind of like incorporate those things into work as well. I know that when we shot your twisties treat of the month shoot, so special to me, which was super cool. Um, you, the hula hooping Mm -hmm. that you did was, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. It was so cool. So when did you start to get into all of that? And like, what are some other tricks that you do? Cause you do like fire play as well, right? Yes. So things I like to do outside of work. Hmm. Definitely the flow arts, hooping with like LEDs or fire. Um, I got into that about like six years ago, six, seven years ago. I, uh, let me backtrack a bit. So, so backstory when I was in high school, it's all relevant. I did color guard and color guard is essentially dancing with the flag, dancing with a prop. And then when Instagram started becoming a thing, I remember seeing people on Instagram dancing with hula hoops. And I was like, I could do that. It's like the same thing as dancing with the flag. And then I like fast forward to a few years after high school, like around like 2014, 2015, I discovered there was like an actual like community of people in my area who did that. And I got to connect with them. And the rest is history with like, you know, my love of flow arts and prop dancing and prop manipulation. And then I learned fire because if I want to do it, I want to do it all. (laughs) So tell us about some of the precautions and and things that you have to take in order to do these fire dances safely. So with fire dancing, first and foremost, besides, you know, learning the prop and being able to do it properly is you want to learn fire safety, like, Fire safety is very important, everybody. And by fire safety, I mean watching like an instructional video on YouTube. There's a lot of good ones. Learning to wear fire safe clothing, like cottons, nothing with like plastic in it. Um, There's special like allowances. If you're very professional, then you can like wear like a skimpy, I don't know, polyester outfit. But you always have to have a fire safety. So a person spotting you like from the side a duvetine, which is a fire blanket that puts out the fire. And then, I don't know, don't be, 
don't be intoxicated. Don't <laughs> be intoxicated. What about a fire extinguisher? Does anybody stand um, by? Next you, to you, with a fire you have a fire extinguisher, although like most of the time when you catch on fire, like, you know, stop, drop, drop and roll is like always a thing. And, you know, the duvetine is also important too, because it smothers the fire. I've never like needed to be fire extinguished. Um, but that would be kind of cool. It would be, it would be, it could be dramatic, I guess. Um, there's also like this like fire resistant like gel, I guess people like put on themselves. I've heard of like a friend that I had who she was on like a live TV broadcast where they had her do fire and they wanted her in the latex cat suit. So they put a fire retardant gel all over her. So that way she wouldn't catch fire because you know, latex and fire don't really mix. Do they put it under the latex or on top of the latex? I think on top of the latex. That's interesting because as you know, like latex, you have to be very specific about what you put on it. Like you can only put like silicone yeah. gel on it. You can't put baby oil because it'll dissolve it. So. I mean, they must not care about this latex outfit. So yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just like learning the fire safety and then also just lots of practice with the prop, not on fire. Because you can't, in my opinion, you just, I don't think that you should just jump into doing fire because um, fire is scary. You have to respect the fire also. Mm-hmm. You can't be too cocky around it or else you'll get burned. But then a lot of people always ask me, don't you get burned when you play a fire? And I think they ask that question because they want to hear like, yes, I get burned all the time. Here's my burn wounds. But I mean, you do something dangerous. So you do run that risk. And like the most that happens to me now is like, a little bit of singed hair mm-hmm. or like just hot spots. So like just parts of my hands that just will feel really hot with like my tools. But other than that, like I don't experience any, <laughs> anything like that, <laughs> anything dramatic. You were like caught on fire and just go like screaming. And no, into I've seen friends have their hair catch on fire, like really bad. And they just like, be, they'll still be spinning their their prop and they'll be like oh my hair's on fire <laughs> is it like that casual they're just like pat, pat, yeah pat, they just or like going? or someone or like someone will come off like you know into like the the circle area and they'll like you know dump water on their hair but another trick i do if i i'll put my hair up in like little like space buns and i'll like spritz my hair like dampen it with water so i don't um, run the risk of singeing it. Oh, that's smart. Cause yeah. hairspray is kind of. Yeah. I would, I, not, not hairspray, but just, I just like kind of like wet it a bit because like I haven't burnt off a lot of hair, but like sometimes you'll like just like a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nothing too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into the adult industry? Speaking of dangerous practices. Ooh. <laughs> so prior to the adult being in porn. (laughs) I had dabbled in being a cam girl online. I had like done many forms of sex work. I did like bikini topless, like bars. I consider that like a form of sex work. It's kind of like stripping. Mm -hmm. I was topless. Um, I was a dom for a few years and porn was just kind of like the next step. I like to say in my like sexual evolution, it had always been something that I'd wanted to do. And I'd always kind of like admired like, you know, porn stars online, just like, wow, they're doing something like it's very ballsy to do. Like you are butt naked, whole spread for the whole world to see. Like you have to have no inhibitions. And I don't know. I just like, 
I was lucky to find some people to kind of like give me their insight on it. Um, one of my friends being Alex Links, and I, she kind of like, I like to say she kind of mentored me a bit, like gave me like lots of good advice and just like made me realize that it's the art of not giving a fuck. And I feel like, I don't know, with the combination of all the things I had done prior to porn, like, you know, dabbling and camming, doming, and also, you know, doing things like my fire dancing and like raving, like all those like really, I feel like helped open me up to the person I am today, like kind of helped me be more comfortable in my body. And I don't know, being comfortable being like naked because like you're pretty naked at like raves and festivals at least I like to be and that just like taught me to be very comfortable with my body and I feel like being a porn star you have to have some body comfort with yourself do you find that you had that before you came into porn or did porn help you did it make you more comfortable with your body Uh, I feel like I kind of had it already coming into porn because I remember doing my first like actual like scene like not a pov like my first actual scene just having the crew there and having sex in front of them it just felt really natural like i wasn't like this is weird i just felt like this is this is work this is how it is tell us about your first scene who is it with what company was it for so some of my first three scenes first like three or five scenes were with team ski and then i did one with teen fidel no porn fidelity well, it's been a long time. <laughs> um, and my first two scenes were POVs. And so those were like, I don't know, those are kind of weird because just like, you know, getting introduced into the porn world, learning like, you know, how to work your camera angles were opening up on camera. And then my first non-POV scene, I remember, was a team skeet scene with Tyler Nixon. And he was such a sweetheart. I was going to say, that's a wonderful guy. He's like such a sweet... He's, he's honestly, like, on my list of, like, favorite male talent just because he's very, like, caring and kind and, like, really cares about, like, you know, your comfort. And I appreciate that. And I don't know. It was just, like, a fun day. <laughs> yeah, Tyler's great. I adore him. And he has that California surfer boy look. Mm-hmm. What can you not like? <laughs> I know, he does. And so after those scenes, were you kind of like, okay, this is this is for me. I definitely want to do this. I want to, like, jump right in. And then what were – did you come in, like, with some ultimate goals that you wanted to hit? Like, what were your specific goals that you wanted? So getting into the industry, I definitely wanted to be successful and – I wanted to, you know, build up my content a lot too because I'm all about like the multiple streams of income type of deal. Um, But I generally just wanted to make a name for myself in this industry. And I honestly had no idea how it would pan out because I was was honestly really nervous getting into porn because of my look. You know, it's so different. And I say that with (laughs) enunciations. It's it's unique. Just because like I'm – like, I'm different, but I don't really see myself as, like, that different. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's people with, like, tattoos, and I just have colored hair, you feel? And I really didn't know where it would come out. Like, I didn't know if I was going to be successful because, you know, the, the whole, like, trend is, like, the girl next door look, you know, natural, like, ask bodies and whatever. And I like got in my head a lot about it just because I, I was like, whoa, am I like too different to be doing this? Like, I don't know. It just felt a little weird, but then 
when I started working with companies that like, I don't know, had more creative visions and I just felt like had, you know, kind of steering away from like the step porn, <laughs> the faux-cest vibe. I felt like I was kind of like living more true to myself and like myself as a creator. And then I was like, okay, this is definitely like we're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I never, I never like felt like, you know, I was going to leave porn, but I definitely did have a couple days like in the beginning, in the first few months of me being like in the industry where I was like, am I cut out for this? Just like having like a hard day on set, like where you like come home crying because like you got sunburned and like you're dehydrated and your body's just not cooperating with you. And I don't know, you don't get water on set. and. <laughs> You're just dying. You're just dying. And you're, I was sunburnt this like one particular day. I was sunburnt by the time the sex scene happened, was happening like really bad red sunburn. And I remember going home and I was like crying in the Uber. Like, am I going to like be able to handle this? Like, this is such a hard day. And I don't know. I sometimes when I'm having like hard days, I'll like think of like, you know, performers who are like, really big I'm like you know I bet they have their hard days and like this is motivation for me to get through my hard day Mm -hmm. too because don't be a bitch you can do this (laughs) (laughs) I think it's kind of the perfect time for somebody like you who's unique and has a unique set of skills that aren't just porn related the fact that you can do all these other things like the dancing and the hula hoop and the fire play because you know now that we have these personal content platforms where you can showcase like your uniqueness and all of your talents. Um, I think fans really appreciate that and they appreciate like the authentic you and, and that connection. So it may have been harder for you, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that when only fans didn't exist, when, you know, all of those things didn't exist and you were only booked by production companies who thought you fit a very specific, like, Oh, I aesthetic. can't imagine they were <laughs> trying to hit. Yeah, no, it was definitely, I mean, performers have more freedom and, and more like control over their career now than ever. Yeah. I feel like porn is definitely evolving with like, you know, since I've been in the industry and I've had like some people, I've even had my agent tell me to like, you know, you kind of like paved like the way in a sense for like the, some of those changes, like seeing people with more alternative looks, like be like working with mainstream companies. And I have worked with a lot of mainstream companies that have not shot with people with like colored hair, like before they're like, we've never shot anybody with your look. (laughs) Sometimes though, I feel like people like when makeup artists like they get me in their chair they like don't know what to do with me because I have like colored hair they're like oh my god (laughs) yeah they're like how do I do your eyebrows (laughs) I don't have blue like eyebrows (laughs) I don't know but I'm very thankful though like for this journey and like where I am today like I don't know I I just have to get out of here like because I'm in here a lot sometimes and I have to like you know give myself credit like for the things I have accomplished. Yeah. No, I, I relate to you so much on that. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. If you're listening to this show, you are probably a fan of adult entertainment. You might even be seeking a more intimate connection than porn can offer. On arouser.com, you can have a one-on-one connection that explores your deeper desires. Arouser.com lets you call, text, and video chat with real women from all walks of life. Your hosts are kink-friendly and excited to explore your fantasies, no matter how taboo or vanilla they are. What's cool is that Arouser's platform is safe, 
private and anonymous, so you can feel free to express your innermost desires. Arouser.com values empathy and one-on-one connection above all else. There are hundreds of wonderful hosts online 24-7 to connect with. How about a deeply sexual, no-strings-attached relationship while keeping things anonymous? You can connect right now with open-minded, passionate, and intriguing women. The best part? They're offering my listeners 100 credits for free when you go to arouser.com slash holly. Just visit arouser, A-R-O-U-S-R dot com slash holly, and you can get 100 free credits to start talking with your dream woman today. Arouser.com slash holly, your kinky escape. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Care of Vitamins. You know, now that fall is upon us and we're heading into the winter months. I don't know, this desire has come over me to like really lock down my health this winter, eat better, focus on exercise and fitness. And of course, the easiest part of this new routine that I'm on is taking my vitamins, courtesy of my friends at Care of. You know, we're so obsessed with fitness and health in the society. And we forget that like the easiest way to address those needs is is really taking your vitamins. And Care of makes it so incredibly easy for you. It takes the guesswork out of your vitamins, right? You don't have to go to the store and like try to figure out what your body needs. No, you just go to takecareof.com take their easy online five minute quiz and it will give you your own custom curated pack of vitamins. You can follow Care Of's expert recommendations or just your pack at any time. What you get is totally up to you. And right now they're offering 50% off of your first order. Just go to takecareof.com and enter code HOLLY50. That's 50% off your first order. Go to takecareof.com and enter code HOLLY50. Take this opportunity to take better care of yourself with care of vitamins. All right. So we are back. So Jules, when you first started in the adult industry, you had a personal tragedy that was a bit of a roadblock for you. Um, can you tell us about that? So when I had just signed my agency contract, like two weeks after that, my dad had passed away. And prior to this, I had been, like, taking care of him. I became his power of attorney. I was, like, you know, I was ex- I was expecting him to be passing. And the, the way that it happened, it just happened really fast. He, like, had um, congestive heart failure. And he just, like, a lot of health problems, lost the ability to walk and was kind of, like, in a – I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it hospice, but, like, in a care facility with, like – a small like private care facility where the family was like taking care of him with other patients. And like for the, I signed my contract in March of 2019. And that whole month, every like other week, I was getting a call from the hospital saying, you got to get here right now. We think he's going to like die. And so like I, my heart was like being pulled back and forth for like, you know, several weeks, like getting like all these like calls, panicking, stressing out and like, you know, seeing him and, the one thing that was unfortunate is I didn't get to like say any last words to him because he was in a comatose state before he passed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Like it's definitely like really sad. And I feel like when I joined porn and had my first shoot, like I felt like I was already kind of mourning before that. And I don't know. I definitely had some high emotions like my first like few months in the industry. Cause I mean, how could you not like 
so your father just passed. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Were you guys close? Not really. Like when, when I was like growing up, like when I was little, we were definitely really close. I was a daddy's girl. And then as I got older, like I lived with my mom partially and then I moved back in with my dad, like near the end of like my teenage years. And we kind of like butted heads a lot because he really didn't know how to be a parent just because he never really had to take care of like us at all. And so we all, I don't know, he was a teacher. So I feel like he kind of like treated us like students in a bit, but I know he loved us. But then as I graduated high school and like started living on my own, I wanted to reconnect with my parents because I always thought like, oh, well, you know, they always say you don't like your parents when you're like, I don't know, a teenager. teenager. But yeah. then when you're an adult. And so I was like trying to reconnect with my parents and I was actually reconnecting with my dad and it was going well. We would go out to, I would take him out to dinner like once a week and like do all that stuff, call him and I don't know, the way he, like, got sick, though, he, like, was hiding it from me. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, didn't tell me that he, like, had this diagnosis. And I remember, like, taking him to one of his appointments. And the nurse is like, yeah, you know, you're congestive heart failure. And I was like, what? And I looked at him like, you did not tell me this. He's like, well, I just, you know, shove it under the rug. Do you think it was because, like, he didn't want to acknowledge his own mortality and limitations? Or was he trying to protect you? I think a little of both. I don't know. My dad, he would like be jokingly morbid. I think it was the Southern in him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he'd always say like, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, if I can't walk, like I want you to pull the plug because I won't have quality of life. So he would always like be saying stuff like that to my brother and I. And I think it's because like he was older. Like my dad, like compared to my mom's age, like he was like, 30 plus years older than her. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was definitely old. He was like 78 when he passed, which that doesn't sound that old, but when you have a lot of health problems, Mm -hmm. it definitely is. And I don't know, kind of like, like woke me up a bit in a sense in the way like I live my life. Cause he would always say like, you know, before I die, I want to go do this one more time. And even though he lived like a very like well lived adventurous life, he was like, I want to go back here. I want to own my one last muscle car <laughs> and like yeah. things like that. So I just think that, you know, everything that I do in my life, I'm living it to the fullest extent. Cause I know that's what he would want. And I have to like bring this up because, you know, you know, people online, they want to ask porn stars, are your parents proud of what you do? You know, kind of like in a condescending way. And I always like think like, yes, like I know my dad would be proud of me very much today, even though I'm a porn star, even though we're so undeserving of love. Yeah. <laughs> I say this jokingly, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I know that he would be proud of me for a fact because I'm out here achieving and accomplishing the things that I want and I'm doing it like in the most me way possible. Yeah. Yeah. I relate really hard to that. Um, my dad just turned 80 the day before your birthday, actually. Oh, wow. His birthday September 20th. And he has Parkinson's. Oh. And we actually moved up here to, like, kind of help take care of him. And he's doing okay, but, you know, his health is slowly declining. And, you know, on his birthday, he uh, uh, he fell. Oh, no. He's been falling oh. a lot because the blood pressure with the Parkinson's – and he's like six three. Oh my god! So when he he's falls, tall. he falls really far. Wow! 
and he thinks he cracked a rib this time. Oh, but I'm just ouch. like, one oh. of these falls is going to be, it's going to like no, every, incapacitate him. Every time my dad would call me and tell me that he fell, I would literally just start crying. He's yeah. like, it's okay. And I'm just like, you're scaring me. Like, yeah. I don't know. And you really realize like how precious life is. Yeah. And like, I'm very thankful that I got to be there taking care of him in his last final moments. Like, despite like, you know, our like butting heads, like as I was growing up and stuff, like I'm very thankful for that. And like, oh, I miss him a lot. Like I actually cried on my birthday. So I was like, I miss my dad. I had like a Facebook memory where it's like, I'm going out to like, oh, geez, don't cry. Going out to like a birthday dinner with my dad. And this was like three years ago. And I'm like, that was the last birthday dinner I got to have with him and he was the type of dad that he'd like be to the waitress and I would like, you know, before porn, I did lots, I still do them like on my like very like fashion shoots just for myself and he'd be showing the waitress. He'd be like, look at her. Like, that's my daughter. She's a model. Like just like embarrassing me. But you know, like I, I He's kind proud of you. Yeah. No, he was very proud of me. And that's how I know that my dad would be proud of me today. Even though like, I didn't tell him like that what I actually did for a living. Cause like, yeah. I don't know. How do you tell somebody who's like that old, that yeah. I don't know, kind of like set in their ways. Yeah. But yeah, like it, it was rough. And like my, bro- I have a brother. He like really misses him too. And like, I don't know, like we've always been close growing up, but it kind of like brought us closer. He's like, you're all, he's like, you're the, like, you know, one of the only family members I have left. Cause we don't really talk to our mom. Cause she's crazy. Mm-hmm. She's like crazy alcoholic. So I just, that's another story, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I love my dad. Yeah. That's, that's rough. I mean, I, I can't even imagine like, I don't know what I'm going to do when he passes. It's going to be really hard. I feel, I feel like a lot of the things that I have like in my life, like the type of person I am come from him. Like my kind of like love for doing all these things, like Jack of all trades type of deal. Like my dad was a band director. He did like silk screen printing. He did acid etching, like on cups. He like did all these like really artistic crafty things. And like, I mean, I don't really make things like physical things yet, but, um, I say, yeah, because I want to like do that one day in the future and make like, you know, clothes, but, um, I do like other artistic things too. You know, I'm very passionate like about like art in the same way as he is like music, but I like to enjoy music. I also played instruments growing up too, like played the flute, the clarinet, the saxophone, learned some guitar. Cause I just had access to like instruments on instruments right. and like, I like, you know, producing visual media art, like you know, whether it's porn or like my own artsy content stuff. So I feel like, you know, in that way I'm carrying on like his, not that like I want to carry on somebody's legacy, but like in a sense, like I am with like, you know, things I I like. He's living through you. Exactly. Essentially like you. And, you know, they say that the people are as, are still like alive as long as they're remembered. Exactly. So, you know, if you just treasure the memory of your father. Yeah. The one thing that my dad actually said when my daughter was born was like, you know, this is another way for me to like live on is through like my granddaughter. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Let's talk about dick size. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't want to cry. <laughs> dick size. Dick size. What's your favorite dick size? Do you like large penises? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> But, you know, since we're on the topic of dick size, 
I do like big dicks, but it's very important how you use a big dick. A lot of people think, I think a lot of men think that, you know, oh, you just have a big dick, it's going to feel good. No. I I appreciate regular size dicks a lot too. And being in porn, you know, you think that every man, like every male performer out there is like big monster cock. Jules Blue gets fucked by big monster cock seven times. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but no, not there's a wide variety of dick sizes, and it all really comes down to how you use it. Now, I I do like to consider myself somewhat of a size queen because I like to be filled up. I'll just leave it. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how X-rated we're getting in this conversation. You can get as X-rated as you want. But um, but also I've been fucked by big dicks in porn where it doesn't feel good because they're not using it to its extent. I don't know. I don't, I feel like some people have like, you have to have a body awareness, I believe, like mm-hmm. with something, you know, large equipment like that. So you got to like be aware that yes, it's large and I, I can't just penetrate her uterus. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I wanted to ask you about, but I'm so sad to see that you do not have it today is your lesbian manicure because oh, yes, I do not have it today. I unfortunately. Thought, I thought I knew everything in porn. I'd seen and heard everything. And you, <laughs> you were the first person to introduce me to the lesbian manicure. I'm sorry, folks. I don't have it today, but typically these two nails are very short for the ladies, but I haven't had any lady time recently, so. Is that because you, like, didn't have any girl-girl shoots coming up? So you're like. I mean, um, like, like, even when I don't have girl-girl shoots coming up, I typically do have them short because then when I'm doing my own content, you know. But just, I don't know, this time, I I forgot to tell my nail lady and she was, like, almost done. I'm like, oops. Do you ask her specifically for yes, the lesbian I'm like, manicure? I don't know. I just say, can you make these two shorts? Like, does she ask you, like, why the fuck do you want those shorts? I don't know. I ha- Sometimes I'll get, like, someone who's, like, young in the salon. I'm like, I have a girlfriend because I, I do have a girlfriend. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I don't know. I just feel like it makes it, like, more enjoyable because, you know, in a girl-girl scene, if you can't, like, finger the girl that you're working with, I don't know. Then what's the point? Yeah. Like, you can only do so much. And I'm not going to, like, stick my, like, nails into somebody and I don't know like it's just not me I also like consider myself like kind of a top when it comes to like you know girl girl femme on femme dynamics like I see myself as the more dominant energy so that's why I'm like you know I gotta be respectful to the ladies (laughs) (laughs) what are do you have a preference over being with men or women or like what are the differences you know, I don't really have a preference. I definitely feel like I prefer women more because, I mean, they're beautiful. They're soft. They smell good. Like, they're soft. I don't know. I feel like when you're, like, having sex with a woman, you know, you can go forever. I could go forever. Like, I've had some nights where we're going for, like, over four hours just because I feel like, you know, when you're making love to women it's more pleasure based like our goal isn't always like you need to have this giant orgasm well orgasms are amazing but you can have like small multiple orgasms or like just i don't know play around it'd be crazy (laughs) what would be your advice to men on like how to please a woman uh, besides the obvious, like, communication, asking, I, I see, like, a lot of, like, sex advice, like, how do I tell my partner this without coming off this way? Or, like, someone actually, I did this story thing on my Instagram. Someone asked me, I didn't answer it, but somebody asked me, like, how do I come, tell my partner I'm very kinky without coming off as a creep? And I feel like people just really don't have that comfort, I guess, talking about sex. Because, I mean, 
I'm so desensitized to sex and like nudity that it's just very normal to me. And so I just, it's kind of like strange for me to hear like, oh, like, I don't know. I feel like communication is definitely key. And, you know, people think that you need to go hard for things to feel good. And that's not necessarily always true. Like, I feel like, you know, the female body has a lot of erogenous zones, like, you know, just like skin touches, like the inner thigh, like the outer labia, the clit, nipples, like all those things, just like, like starting very soft and slow, I feel like is always like a good way to like start in my opinion. Yeah. I think you brought up a really good point about the different erogenous zones because I think a lot of men are just like, okay, vagina and that's it, you know, or like, like the tits neck, and that's it. It couldn't even be an erogenous yeah. zone. Like all like the, you know, like the pheromones and everything that we release during sex while we're kissing, like the pheromones and saliva. Like, I don't know. I feel like when I, like my ideal like sexual time, like starts with like, you know, massage like that's why women like massage because it kind of like it gets us all loosey goosey loosened Mm -hmm. up i don't know (laughs) yeah for me it's definitely like the back of the neck and my shoulders like that's 100 percent my erogenous zone so like if my husband like does a massage first and then like kisses me really lightly there like runs his fingernails like i'll like that will that's i like that too i like i like back pets like just Mm -hmm. pet my back like i'm a cat it makes me purr yeah no, but that feels amazing. Lots of kissing too. I think kissing's important and I don't know, just like also there's definitely wrong ways to eat pussy. I feel like a lot of people they're like, I love to eat pussy for the for my pleasure. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad you enjoy it, but you shouldn't be eating pussy just for your pleasure. You should be doing it for hers. Yeah. As well. And I feel I don't know, I've had some bad like cunnilingus experiences where what would constitute what are like some bad practices i just i've had moments where i've had like just the guy like in between my legs and he's just like his tongue is just there and he's just drooling on me and i'm kind of (laughs) like i'm kind of like okay like i've had somebody like i've had this happen on set a few times both man and woman and I was kind of like, well, every time it happens, I just sit there. I'm like, this is happening. Where they like take, I'm going to show an example of my finger. They take their lips and they do this to my labia lip. They're like, they're like sucking on it or pulling on it. And yeah, I'm just I, like, when that happens, I don't know. And I don't know. It's just, that's not it. And I feel like a lot of people <laughs> learn bad cunnilingus from porn. Like I swear to God and bad sex practices because Porn is very much um, a fantasy, and it's also, like, a performance. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of people do stuff that's over the top that, like, isn't – that, like, might look good on camera but doesn't actually feel good. Like, like one example that I use all the time is, like, the girl, like, slapping her vagina – like, or the guy, you know oh, what I mean? The, the whole, like... Yeah, or, like, like you know, like, really... Like, who... I don't how, know. I, who does that feel I, good for? I like for? to do, like, a little tap. Just no, I'm like, talking, like... The slap? Oh, my yeah. gosh. No. Because it's, like, this, like, very aggressive, over-the-top oh, move. Yeah, I could see that. Or, like, being fingered, and they're just, like... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, when guys, like, it really try to make you squirt. Or, like, oh. It does not. I hate that. I hate it when they're like, "I'm gonna make you squirt." I'm like, I'm like, I don't. I, I don't. this is not fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think definitely like, I don't. When I think of like how you could practice your your cunnilingus techniques while eating some fruit, like cut open a peach. I don't just like savor the juices. I don't know. So would you? So for and I guess it's different for everybody, right? Because every yeah. girl is different. Like I like it really soft. I don't like it hard at all. If you go hard, it's like my it's like my vagina kind of 
becomes numb almost. It's like a defense mechanism. It's like, whoa. And then it just like like, shuts itself off. So for sure, it's all about like gentle touch for me. What is it? How about for you? I like gentle touch for sure to start off because I feel like it kind of eases me in. Yeah. And I feel like just, you know, starting right off the back, like too intense. Yeah. It just like, it's like zero to 100. And, you know, sometimes that's fun and all when like you're like really like hot and heavy for it. But I think if you would like really want to focus just like on pleasure, then you need all that warming up. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's really important because like, I don't know, that's how like, the vagina like lubricates itself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not like a biologist, but I mean, I know enough about my but body. I feel like you know so, about yeah, vagina lubrication. Yeah, I know, I know a lot about it. Um, you know, you need, that's like what gets you turned on and that's when you like start getting wet and stuff. And I feel like if you don't have that like moment to like, you know, do that stuff, then you're just not going to get that wet, I guess. Yeah. But then like, I know some people, not every, like every vagina is different. Not everyone like lubricates as much and whatever, like automatically. But I just feel like you need to like, you need to wine and dine. <laughs> <laughs> wine and dine the vagina. Yes. Wine to take her on a date. Like <laughs> get to know her. Get to know talk her. Talk about her feelings. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Ask. And also like know that every like pussy looks different. They're not all going to look the same. They're not all going to be like, I don't know, doll vaginas. Mm-hmm. They're all, some are any, some are outies, you know, some like are like fatter than the other. Some are. Like, I've know. talked to quite a few <laughs> girls who had who were self conscious about their way, the way their vagina I'm, looked I'm, until they got into porn, and then they saw all the different variety of porn of vaginas, and then found that like their fans like. I, mean, I find that for the most part, guys are just excited to see a vagina. Like they don't really care if it looks one way yeah. or the other. But I know a lot of people feel like, and so I've had like I've met people who have been insecure about their genitals, totally. and. I'm like, I see so many, I see like a rainbow of genitals on us very often. Even when I go on Twitter, (laughs) I feel like I need to name the uh, episode that Jules blue, a rainbow of genitals. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Great. Sorry. I just had to on real quick. Um, so you're a woman who is always working, always Mm -hmm. creating, which means that you must have some new projects that you're working on. So tell us about yes. what you're up to these days. So besides my YouTube channel, which I kind of put on the back burner, but I'm coming back with new stuff very soon. Um, I am working on a website, which will be my own website to buy my videos from individually or have like a subscription on. Uh, I'm very, very excited about it. It's been honestly my, one of my number one goals being in porn is I want to have my own website, you mm-hmm. know, just something that's like my own, uh, especially with like, you know, the OnlyFans scare. I was going like, to say, I, it's very smart to have your own destination. Yeah. yeah. And so that should be coming out. I'm hoping by the beginning of October, just filing out, ironing out the last little bits and it's going to be live. I'm so excited. Uh, my little baby. And I really, my goal of my website is to really showcase my erotic artsy porn because that's what I really like to create. I Mm -hmm. like to create like really weird, like artsy stuff, but that's like also sexy. Just like, I don't know. I want like my porns to tell a story or have a theme Mm -hmm. or just be hot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then the last thing that is going to be coming next after my website is live is merch. 
So I've been wanting to do merch for, obviously, like everybody, I'm pretty sure wants to do merch when they get in, but I've been thinking like, how would I want to do this? So I finally have like a game plan, like designs and some items I'm going to have. I'm going to do t-shirts, some stickers. And for people who like anime, there's these things called dakimakuras or waifu pillows. They're like body pillows and they have like the cutesy anime girls on them. One side will be like, you know, kind of more covered and the back side will be like, you know, a little more lewd. So I'm going to do a body pillow that will be me in like anime character form. For <laughs> oh God, you know, I shot body pillows for this Chinese company forever ago. And I think it was mostly guys. Um, Seth Gamble was one of the guys that I shot. And I think it was Ryan Driller too. And I think they put penises on it. Oh my God. I'm not sure. It was so long ago. That's but amazing. I, I just remember being like, and I remember I was so sad that they never sent them to me. I never got one. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. But I think they were like these pillows that like, they looked so bad. Yeah. They're like, they're basically the whole point of like, they're, they're also called waifu pillows. Cause like waifu is like, um, a term for like your imaginary, like, you know, anime girlfriend that you'll never have. Okay. Which <laughs> and, you are. Yes. I'm a real, I like to like, call myself the my, your, your real life blue waifu. But yeah, so everybody can cuddle with like, you know, me at home mm-hmm. when they watch my videos. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> I like that though. That's I mean, there's so a cute. lot of memes on the internet too that people like hump their pillows or I don't know, just like, I mean, it gets like, pervy I'm pretty sure but I don't know I feel like for the things that I like it's definitely like I have to have something like this yeah for my fans yeah it's really fun though (laughs) so I'm super excited about that and I'm excited to put more work into my YouTube I'm gonna right now I'm like showcasing like a lot of my cosplay stuff and I'm gonna be doing like rave vlogs since you know raves are back and like festival things I want to talk about you know some like you know porn stuff there or like just industry things in general and then I also a trend I'm making on my channel is mukbangs like where you sit down and you eat a bunch of food yes so that's a trend I'm making so I have a actually one of those videos coming out soon <laughs> yes I I heard I think um Bridget B was the person who introduced me to mukbangs I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh my God, I just like to eat food. So. so interesting, like what people are fascinated with. I will tell you from like personal experience that getting the YouTube channel like up and going and getting like a lot of traffic, it takes a while, oh, but yeah. it's so worth it. Like it's, I'm so glad that I started my YouTube channel. Um, and all you need is that one like viral video. You and need to go viral once. It, Cause my YouTube was like kind of flat and then I had one video and now it's just like. So it's, it takes it's, a lot of work. I mean, my goal with it, like right now it's just for fun. And like, I'm, you know, I'm producing high quality content and, you know, if something happens with it, like, you know, hell yeah, I'm excited. But either way, like it is something that I've always wanted to do just to kind of like, I don't know, showcase like me in a different way. Cause I feel like Instagram, it's, you know, our digital like business card for the world. And I feel like right now video things are becoming really more popular and on the forefront of like, you know, social media that we consume, what with like TikTok coming out mm-hmm. and like, you know, YouTubers and streamers. So I feel like it's another realm that I want to like dive into yeah. and just like, I don't know, build up something from there. What's also really great about YouTube, what I love about YouTube versus like Instagram and the other social media platforms is they do like the opposite of shadow banning. So on YouTube, they, you know, most people find me because they're recommended my videos. They don't know who I am. 
I mean, awesome. if you like look at the comments, <laughs> most of the time it's like, who the fuck is this person? And how did it end up in my recommendations? But it's great because it's like, you know, the more people watch it, the more they rec- So, so your discovery on YouTube is, um, really great in the way that their algorithms work, the way that they push your content to other people, as opposed to like Ooh. Instagram where you get shadow banned yeah. and like people can't find you unless like, like they specifically likes. look, <laughs> especially if, unless they look for you. And a lot of times they can't look for you because yeah. like you're fucking shadow banned so they can't find your handle. So YouTube is the opposite. And that's why I love it so much. You just have to be like super careful about porn stuff. Oh yeah. No, um, I, I, I gotta but keep it. They, they let you get away with like, quite a bit as long as you're you know i mean i've had a couple of like slap yeah, on the you, wrist well you don't want to like i know you don't want to cuss no drinking and smoking things like that i know like are against guidelines and you can cuss. which which i no you can totally cuss. i thought that it would demonetize your videos if you're saying the f-bomb every like three words if it's so there's very i can show you afterwards oh, actually yeah. i'm sure <laughs> our audience doesn't really want to hear <laughs> yeah, about sorry, this friends. but there's a very like like if there's a cuss word in the title or I a see. lot of cuss words at the very beginning of the video, I then they see. might demonetize you. But if you cuss here and there throughout the like, video, they don't care. Okay. Because I have a lot of fully monetized videos that totally have. That's I mean, I swear all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's not so much. But it's also like if you're talking about anything sex related, like because we talked about dicks, like this video will not get full monetization. But that's okay. That doesn't mean that a lot of people won't watch it. Yeah, I know? see. So. I get you. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell us about some of your favorite shoots that you've done this year. Ooh. So I have a little list. Oh, you have a list. Yeah. What's on the top of that list? <laughs> so Jules? the top and most recent one, because it's also September, which is even more special, is my Twisties Treat of the Month shoot. <gasps> Who shot that? I think somebody named Holly Randall. Oh my God. Was it me? It <laughs> was, it was me. I shot that. <laughs> no, honestly. And I'm not like, I seriously, am not just saying that because you're here, but that is definitely one of my favorite, most note, like noteworthy shoots of this year, just because I feel like the way the whole shoot was stylized, I feel like it really embodied my essence, like mm-hmm. as a person, like, I mean, it was very me, <laughs> like, yeah. like all the styling, the outfits, like the backdrop, I don't know, it was just so fun. And I don't, I just also it was something that I really coveted, like from the moment I got in the industry, like seeing the twisty stuff, I'm like, I want to do that. I want to be that. I want to do a pretty shoot and have beautiful sex with a beautiful woman and have it filmed. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Twisties puts a lot of uh, money and effort into their shoots. I loved it. So. I, I loved also the scene. The, so the first day we did the scene where I'm the pop star and that was with Jenna Fox. It was called her biggest fan. That was honestly really cute. Yeah. And it gave me like Katy Perry vibes, even though I don't really see myself as a Katy Perry, but just the pop star like esque, like I'm in my dressing room. And then the next day we shot at that really cool studio, Cinepack. And I remember walking in and I was like, deja vu. Because I had done like a, one of my cosplay like projects there. And I was like, no way, we're doing like we're doing yeah. an adult shoot here. And that was the first time they had allowed an yeah. adult shoot. And honestly, yeah. it was the coolest thing ever. And like, oh, I'm so in love with like all of the photos that we got, like all the different looks that we got. It was just, 
ugh, chef's kiss. Amazing. Yeah, it's I'm, pretty cool. I'm very, like, very thankful for that. And also, it was for my birthday month, too, which also felt, like, extra special. It was, like, a nice present to awesome. me and the world. <laughs> I'm so glad that you liked it. Um, any others that you want to mention that we won't care about because it wasn't Christie's? <laughs> so, two of my... Other favorites, I did a browser scene where they let me fire dance in it. Oh, yeah. Leah shot that, right? Yes. Yeah. I love her so much. She's amazing. And I just really like strong women being, you know, the directors and, mm-hmm. like, the producers. Because you don't really – I mean – they're they're out there, but they're they're out there more now than they've ever. Yes, been. but I really appreciate. It. I like strong, creative women. Like I really, it's there was a time when I was like the only female like producer working because I've been doing this for twenty three years, and now there's so many. There Hell should yeah. actually be less, <laughs> so that I can be special again because I'm no longer special. <laughs> and then I have one more that I want to bring up or actually two more. I'll make it quick. So did a Brazzers last, this one hasn't come out yet, but it will come out with Alexis Fox. I love her. I love her so much. much She's such a fun person to be around. And I, I don't know. I just really enjoy good energy on set and like people who are just fun to be around. Like, I know it's going to be an amazing day. We have an amazing crew, just fun concept. And I really appreciate that type of stuff being in this industry because while it's work, you know, my goal, like, being on set is to show up, make a great scene and like having like, you know, amazing people to be around makes the day just like feel so much lighter. And Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, just like, it's really why I love being on set. It's like, I really love being on set for those reasons. And last one, this one just came out is VR cosplay scene. That was actually a cosplay from one of my favorite animes, the company VR cosplay X. I told them like, Hey, I want, like, I'll provide the costume. Like, let me do this, like, in VR. Because I know people would love it. And it was super cool. Do you see VR being, like, the future of porn? Um, I think yes, when VR headsets become more accessible to people. I don't really know how much they are. But I know that, like, the technology, some of them are kind of, like, janky, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm not really, I honestly have like no idea, but I know not everybody has a VR headset. So I feel like, you know, when they're a little more accessible to people, probably like when they're like less than like, are they $500? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how much. I'm like, I don't know how much they are, but I, I imagine they're kind of pricey, you know? Yeah. So I, I can see them definitely being more accessible. And I feel like, you know, porn is definitely transforming with these things. I, and I want to like talk about the JOI city thing. The Joy City. Yeah, the Joy City because of that, because I feel like, if you don't, I, I'm like taking over the podcast now. Oops. It's okay. It's so, your show. <laughs> I'm like, Holly has her amazing, you say Joy. Yeah, we call it Joy. Joy, but, Joy yeah. City, where it's an interactive, like, like internet scape with, like, porn stars. I don't know, maybe think of the game Cyberpunk a bit. That's pretty much, we've modeled a lot of it after that. Yeah. So essentially what it is, it's what's called a metaverse, and it's essentially like a world, an online world that plays kind of like a game where you can walk around in the city and you can access different spaces, and we're going to make it like an adult-themed city so different performers will have their own spaces that they will like design and they will be able to sell their content 
um, in those spaces, like their regular videos and photos, just like they do like on OnlyFans, but in this new kind of dynamic space. But what we're also going to have is like this ability to do like these kind of live events, which is what we wanted to talk to you about, which is why we have to set up a meeting. I'm so excited. Because we really want this to be this kind of virtual ability to connect with fans. And then we have those 3D hologram capabilities which we captured you in recently you guys should check it out it is it's pretty it is fucking so dope. cool yeah. it is literally me me immortalized online yeah as a character i thought honestly it was so cool like seeing like the final product of it and i really like i like i love this project of yours so much and like i'm excited that i got to be part of it and I don't know, like, I definitely see that as, like, becoming more of the future of porn, like, having, like, like, more in-depth interaction where things, like, you know, it takes you to, like, an alternate reality, kind of, like... You know, how I imagine, like, the VR universe is, like, we, we, you know, like, the movies where you put the glasses on, you're, like, in this other world. Like, that, I kind of imagine things like that. Yeah. And this is kind of, like, this makes me think of that. Like, yeah. you're in this interactive, like, scape. You can, like, lose yourself in this, like, city, yeah. in this metaverse. And- it's it's going to be, I mean, you know, there's, like, so much to work on. We're, right <laughs> now we're working on, like, a payment processing system. Um, but... The great thing about it too, and why I was really attracted to it, because I talked to people about VR before, but like that's I don't do any VR, I don't do any gaming, so that's kind of like beyond my scope, and so it just seemed too much for me. But when I started talking to the people at Joy, who I knew from before, the, what I really like about it is it's not just VR. I mean, you know, what you and I saw, what I showed you, and the only way I've actually seen the space is walking in, like in your browser, like two D, like any on any computer. So it will be VR capable where you can definitely walk around it as VR. So you can have that experience, (laughs) but if you don't have VR, you don't have to, and you can walk around it and play it. So it's, it's basically like kind of like an online video game, but we're going to have like commerce in there. You're going to be able to like buy products like NFTs. Like that's so cool. It's like mind blowing, like the shit that we're going to do. It it mind blows me a lot. And it makes, it's kind of reminiscent to me of like, you know, early like chat rooms that had like Mm -hmm. the similar vibe where you walk in like you go here kind of like runescape a bit but like some of those like old online chat room games but like sexy and it's porn and yeah it's, and it's very like cyber which i love like cyber-esque like futuristic things yeah. a lot <laughs> and it's an open world so you create your own avatar and you walk in and you can meet other people who are in the world as well i can go on a quest and you, <laughs> seriously you can we're gonna like anyways i don't want to like turn this into a whole okay, like sorry. promoting no but I, I do but i don't so but um yeah it's uh it's pretty fucking awesome so it's a. Uh, joi.city if you guys want to go like check it out it's still very much in like alpha mode we're still but you can like go and kind of look around and get an idea of what it's about it's pretty awesome and we definitely want to like incorporate jewels into the project <laughs> i think you're so perfect for it so jewels it's been so lovely to have you here thank you so much um before we go mm-hmm. i actually have a couple of questions for my patreon members so i want to make sure that we ask these mm-hmm. just because you know, they're helping support the show with their uh, generous subscription to my Patreon, where, by the way, you can watch this live if you're not a Patreon member and doing so at this exact moment. <laughs> um, okay, so Danny uh, said the blue part of her name comes from calling herself the Blue Mermaid. How long has Jules had a fascination with mermaids? Oh, wow. My fascination with mermaids stems from me being very young. 
I have always liked mermaids, you know, the little mermaid, the movie. That was one of my favorite movies. And I remember that movie still holds up by the way. It really have does. You watched it recently. Yeah. It's still really good. I also had this like really weird dream when I was younger that I still remember to this day where I think I like felt like in real life, I fell asleep on the way home from the beach and I was with my like great grandmother at the time and I fell asleep in the car and I remember like having this dream that we were at a gas station by the beach and there was like this mermaid stuck in this like tank and she was asking me to save her. Do you think it was like your inner mermaid? I don't know. I think so. It was really strange because it felt like it was like a very realistic dream. And she was just like in this like stand up tank at the gas station with like bars around her. I was probably like five or six years old having this dream also. And I remember like waking up and I'm like, what was that? And I like remember I used to like Google like when I was younger, are mermaids real? Mermaid sightings mermaid skeleton I don't know just all this weird stuff so I don't know I just have like a fascination with like fantastical creatures in general that makes sense because you're a fantastical creature (laughs) okay last question is from Vit Anya Naked um you kind of answered already half of this question Mm -hmm. um so uh they ask what style of clothing does she prefer in everyday life and what are her interests besides her career we kind of talked about the interests already but clothing but clothing. Oh, that's a good question because I mean it, blue, it, obviously. I mean blue or black, but also like what I wear in like regular day life, like has a very wide variety. Like today it's very like cutesy casual. I'm gonna little dress but other days when I'm like just out running errands or not doing anything where I don't have to be like camera ready I call it potato mode where I'm just like (laughs) in my like workout like cargo like capris or like I don't know yoga pants and just like basic stuff I'm really dressing down trying not to stand out if I have to go anywhere yeah (laughs) because believe it or not I actually do not get spotted in public that often or people are just not or, aren't or brave enough to come up to you. That or like, I don't know. But although when I was at Disneyland earlier this week, I did hear somebody say like, is that Jules Blue? Like like a few feet behind me. And I'm like, I'm not ready to say hello to people. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay if you say hi to me as long as you're respectful. And just not when I'm like eating at a restaurant. That would be weird. Yeah. That's always <laughs> weird when people approach you when you're eating. Well, again, thank you so much thank for coming on. Thank you for on. having me. I had so much fun. Good. Always a pleasure. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you online? So you all can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My username is Jules underscore blue. And that's G. J, whoa, not G. Sorry. Don't know how to spell my own name. J-E-W-E-L-Z underscore B-L-U. And you could search me Jules Blue for OnlyFans. Just Google my name and my official things will come up. You'll find it. Don't fall for the fakes and scammers. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting when you, because of the shadow banning, if you p- look for people within whatever app it is, like Instagram or Twitter, you'll get the fake accounts. But if you use Google, this is what I always do when I try to like verify people's accounts. If you put in Jules Blue Instagram, because Google only looks at traffic, you and, will actually yeah, get the correct You'll account. find my official one. Has yeah. The one with the most followers, not the one with five followers messaging you to fly to Dubai or something. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Instagram and on Twitter. And of course, if you want to watch shows like this live as they happen and support my podcast, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall unfiltered. I'm also back on TikTok. Wasn't my idea, but (laughs) 
I was told by the kids. It's a good place I, to be. Yeah, that I got to be there. So I'm on TikTok and uh, we're just posting fun clips from this podcast interview. So follow me there. It's uh, Holly Randall Unfiltered on TikTok. Thank you guys so much Thank for you. joining us. <laughs> See you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU, and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports, and then be led to the place where you can rate my show. Five stars, of course, and leave your glowing review. Okay, it doesn't have to be glowing, but you know, say something nice. You can also financially support this show through my Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where you get so many perks for your support. Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not-safe-for-work website hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered, and you can watch the video versions of these interviews at youtube.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Oh, and of course, sign up for my newsletter at hollyrandallunfiltered.com and get all the info on upcoming guests and special projects. Again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting my podcast in whatever way that you can. <laughs>